0: Welcome to The Backlog, a podcast hosted by Adaptivate. I'm Karen Chan, Senior Agile Coach. Adaptivate partners with clients to accelerate outcomes by implementing new transformative ways of working. We are a global firm with offices in North America, Europe, Asia, and Australia. At Adaptivate, we are proud supporters of Pledge 1%, which is an amazing organization that encourages corporate philanthropy in the form of time, education, and resources. In this spirit, our guest today is Susan McGovern, Vice President of External Relations and Advancement at Ontario Tech U. We're going to talk about an innovative program called Women
1: for STEM. Welcome, Sue, and thank you for being here. Thank you, Karen. Thanks for inviting me, and I'm excited to talk about our Women for STEM program at Ontario Tech. Let's start with Ontario Tech U and your role there. So my role is um, quite large, actually. I have External Relations and Advancement, and External Relations is uh, partnerships for corporations and industry, communications, marketing, government relations, and that I also cover issues management. Um, that happens around universities, believe it or not. And then on the advancement side, I take care of the foundation, which is uh, basically uh, raising money for the university and with our um, also coordinating with our alumni students to keep them ever connected. Um, all the way through their life with Ontario Tech. It's good. It's a great portfolio, actually. A lot of external facing things.
0: And because Ontario Tech U is one of the newer universities here in Ontario, it's pretty exciting. There's, it's, um, there's that excitement of being new and students, you know, as part of something new. Can you talk a little bit about that? It is.
1: Sure. In, uh, we started in 2003. So, you know, most universities are 150, 200 years old. Uh, we like to say that our original president is still alive and well and comes to the university, our our founding president. There's not another university that can say that. Uh, We've grown to 10,000 students. We are all science, technology, engineering, and math. And we're really focused on uh, having students as they graduate be ready for industry and to make a real impact in the world. And we are all about technology. So the way the world has gone, and, and really before the pandemic, we'll try not to talk about the pandemic through this, but before the pandemic, we really started to focus on technology and we're, we're, we're at the cutting edge of that. And our students are, uh, they're fantastic actually, 10,000 of them in uh, seven faculties.
0: I do think that's rather unique of Ontario Tech You because of the focus with technology, they're able to pivot very quickly to bring more agility and to like respond more quickly.
1: And because we're a small university with less students, we can work, our students work very closely with industry uh, and they work very closely with their professors. We, they all know their deans. Uh, I went to a larger university and I can tell you, you probably only got to know your dean when you got in trouble. Um, but at our university, they're, they're very close with their professors and deans, which, which is nice. They, they help them along a lot and uh, they learn about research as well. And now about Women for STEM. Can you explain what that is? Great. Right. Women for STEM program, it's something that we launched just four years ago at Ontario Tech. And it is designed to attract women into STEM program, which is science, technology, engineering, and math. We'll just call it STEM. Um, and uh, universities, uh, STEM universities, traditionally have uh, way more uh, men than they have uh, women in these programs. So we started the, the program in 2018, and it has three major pillars. The first pillar is um, scholarships. So we financially support our students. Um, more important now during the pandemic because a lot of them didn't have jobs. And they get $5,000 to come into a STEM program in first year. And then we provide them with additional scholarships in second, third, and fourth year. And the entire scholarship package is worth about $11,000. So that's that's a lot. That's a, that's a good size scholarship. Uh, the second pillar is a really important one, which is the mentorship pillar. Um, and that is women in STEM, like yourself, Karen, or, or like me, Uh, mentor these young students and it helps us bring industry in so if you say for instance work for Ontario Power Generation or Bruce uh, Bruce Nuclear you can uh, mentor one of our young nuclear engineering students and it provides um, an opportunity for the student to understand what the real world's like to um, meet some people once COVID is over to go to some events and actually have some great face time And then the third thing is to celebrate all of the things that we do and promote the success of women in STEM. And if we promote it, it means that um, students will continue to uh, come back in Women for STEM. And then we also have a summit each year, which I know Karen Karen helps us with, which is great. You're on our Women for STEM Council. And the summit uh, brings together industry and business leaders um, to uh, talk and work with our students, understand what the university is about and help us encourage uh, more women into the STEM programs. And it's been a success and we're excited about it. And our students really, really love it. So we'll be graduating the first cohort of Women for STEM I guess next year, which is sort of exciting. It is.
0: Yeah, it's super exciting to have been part of it before, like at the start, when we kicked Mm -hmm. it off, that first cohort, that second cohort, and now, yeah, seeing them starting to graduate, it's pretty exciting. We talked a little bit about what the program is, uh, and we touched on why it's created, but can we expand a little bit more on why this program specifically about women Uh, in STEM was created?
1: Well, it was created to attract more women into the STEM program. Right now, our engineering program is about 9% women, and it's just not high enough. I came from the age, I think maybe you're a little younger, Karen, but I came from the age where uh, we weren't encouraged to go into uh, science, technology, engineering, and math. Those were traditionally male programs. When our women do come into our STEM programs, they need some encouragement and they need some support so that they stay there and that they feel comfortable. Um, and we've actually, I know it's not part of the Women for STEM program, but we have some summer camps at our university and they're all science, technology, engineering, and math summer camps. The robotics one, it's attracted a ton of young, young girls, uh, 12, 10, seven years old. And getting them in that early means that they will continue to be interested in the STEM programs, come to our university as a STEM student, and then we're able through the Women for STEM program to launch them out into the real world and uh, be successful. And hopefully they will then come back and mentor uh, students in, in the years to come as they, as they do well in their STEM fields of study or STEM fields of work.
0: I think it's so important to have that excitement build on each other. Like my daughter uh, has come to the
1: STEM programs in the summer and I think during March break as well. And she really Great. loved it. So. I didn't know she was here. Yeah, and we find that the young, the young girls, they're, they're giving the young boys a run for their money and things that traditionally people, the generation before would think were, were just for boys. And uh, they, they love robotics. They love the engineering programs. They build race cars and race them up and down the halls of the university during their summer program. If that doesn't get you interested in science, technology, engineering, and math, nothing will. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, that, that works really well. And then the three pillars are very important because again it provides additional financial support to the students a lot of our students are first generation so families have come here um you know and and it's and it's hard when you move to another country uh so any financial support that they get from the community is great and it means they spend more time studying a little less time on their part-time jobs or maybe they can drop one of their two or three part-time jobs and just be more comfortable and 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 do better. So it's it's a great program and that's why we created it.
0: What I found really unique about this program is that it it combines the scholarship and the mentorship. It's not just the right. financial alleviation right. of that burden, but it's also helping to develop those skills. Uh, as as these women move forward through their academic career and then afterwards as
1: well. Yeah, and if I look at, I, I agree with you, Karen. If I look at the Women for STEM program, if I had to pick my favorite, I would say it's the mentorship portion. I think that's something that will help you through longevity, right? It, it'll it'll help you through your career, and and I think that mentorship gives you the confidence to mentor other women in STEM years down the road as you become more confident in your career so that's really important and you and I have both watched some of our students with their mentors and watch how they've come out of their shell and Mm -hmm. and they're sort of forward thinking and and they aren't afraid to walk up and shake somebody's hand and brag about what they're doing in in STEM and and you know you know when we brought some of the students in they were Sort of back against the wall and not quite sure. And mm-hmm. their mentor brings them to different events and talks to them and spends time with them and helps them with their career and aspirations. And that's that's worth to me. That's worth more than financial assistance. Honestly, I think in the long run, it is. It's good. It's exciting. Uh, so, what is the impact that you're making right now? Well, the impact we're making right now is we are trying to get more women into STEM. Um, we were we've moved about a percent up in the engineering programs, I think the same in the science technology programs as well. That doesn't sound like a huge impact, um, but, but it actually is. And that, I think also, um, to me, the, the biggest impact, and we'll see it in a year, is that we've prepared those women Uh, to graduate. And we've prepared them to be confident and to go and apply for a job at Bruce Power, go and apply for a job at Ontario Hydro, OPG, Google, go and apply somewhere that was maybe traditionally a man's world. And I think that to me is, is um, will will show the biggest success that they can go out there and they feel confident to do it and that they actually can do it and they will.
0: For sure. One of the things I really like about this, I mean, my tie into Women for STEM is really through engineering. And so hearing that number move, even if it's only percent, it's a a positive move. Uh, And it works towards Engineers Canada Goal 30 by 30, which is 30 percent of the professional engineering licensees uh, be 30 percent women by 2030. And over the last, since I was an undergraduate, I think it's only been about 12% to 17, maybe we're up to 17% now of uh, women. And so I graduated from university. I graduated from engineering about 20 years ago. So to see only 5% of movement in like 20 years, to have 1% movement in, in one year is I think pretty positive looking at that's the good. Grand, grander scheme of things. So I think that's great. That's
1: good. That's a, that's a good thing to know. I was in... Uh, a completely male dominated field. And in first year, the 200 or 190 people in the class, there was six women. Mm-hmm. By the time you're we at the second or th- oh, third year, there was three of us left, survived a bit better. But I do know that some of them, some of the females left because it just, it was it was difficult. Anyway, so that, that's interesting. We're just gonna try and keep moving that needle. Um, but I really do think that we prepare, the biggest legacy will be that we prepare them uh, to do well and to be confident And if we see them coming back as mentors, Karen, if they come back and do my job and and go on the council, like you've um, so graciously offered your expertise and time, then I think we've really done really, really well. Because that means that did them well and they want to come and give back. So I think that's good. We'll see it. At least to my next question, what legacy do you want this program to have? Well, we want the program to increase the numbers. That's the legacy. And we want our students to, as I said, go out there and be confident. University has to be, more than just studying and doing well in your exam and walking across the stage and going to get your job, it's it's all about life. It's about your social life, your physical life. It's about everything. Um, so we did we didn't actually create an endowment program. We created a scholarship program, which means the financial the financial assistance we get in goes out because we only want this to be sort of for ten years. And then as I say that, I think um, as we increase those numbers. Um, 10 years from now, I think the program, I guess we should whisper it, but I think the program will be so successful. I don't think we'll ever give it up because merely of the mentoring part, that there's, there's women in STEM working in science, technology, engineering, and math companies that will come and help our students mm-hmm. um, understand what those companies are like and help them understand, is that where they really want to go? You know, you might've taken an engineering program, you might've graduated from it, but you might decide you don't wanna work in an engineering company. You might wanna work in something completely different. That's okay. And you need that mentorship to help you make those decisions. So I think you know the donating to it and supporting it financially is a big part, but I really think the mentorship is, um, is, is our, our biggest uh, tick off the box at the end of this.
0: Aside from attending the summit, which is happening in October or donating okay. to the fund, what are your closing thoughts on how we can support women in STEM?
1: Um, there's a few things. I think if you know any young women who are oh, grade seven, grade eight, because that's the age we need to actually, it's younger than that. I think it's grade two or grade three, but by grade seven or grade eight, they're starting to think about high school. They're starting to think about what academic stream they want to take. Start talking to them and exposing them to science, technology, engineering, and math programs. Uh, send your kids to summer camps all, all, most universities have them um, maybe get them uh, interested with an individual who works in that field now and and just make young girls understand that the door is completely open for them and they can excel in that as well as anybody can um, and the younger you get them the more likely are we are to increase those numbers over the next 10 years so um, that and financially support and and bring your And if people and companies can't financially support our Women for STEM program, then put your hand up to be a mentor. Um, We don't hook you for your life. Like one or two years, four, you can stay as long as you want, but every advice that you give a young um, budding uh, STEM program uh, student um, will, will really help them. So those are the two biggest things I would I would say and join join our summit in October you can go online to OntarioTechU.ca we'll advertise the summit and because it's virtual again this year you'll be able to pop in and pop out as we have different speakers and it and it's interesting and some of our STEM students go up as well uh, and talk about the STEM program and you know you work on maybe you want to say something about the program actually well the
0: first cohort of scholarship recipients Um, was in the same year that we had the first summit. And so I remember meeting some of the the students and they were very shy. They were, I mean, they just started university. It's now this huge event with lots of people, um, especially organizations that, you know, funded their scholarships. So, you know, very grateful, very thankful, but very overwhelmed as well. And then a year later, at our second summit, and now they are, you know, in our, in our first cohort, but now in their second year of the program, the confidence that I saw, like it was confidence, right? The, they were a bit more articulate. They were, you know, they're happy to talk, put them in front of a video camera to do a two minute interview. No problem. Whereas the year previous, deers and headlights right so it's pretty amazing to that's see great. the difference that one year has made with this program and so i'm really really excited to see what's going to happen when they graduate and after they graduate when they're able to start making that impact on the world when their learning is kind of done the formal learning is done and they can now start doing i think that's going to be really really exciting to them yeah.
1: you know i um i completely agree with that and they will the first cohort will graduate in 2223. 23 so mm-hmm. karen we need to remember uh, this when we have our Women for STEM uh, meeting, um, we should at convocation because I'm partly responsible for events as well. Uh, I'm responsible for events, so convocation is one of them, and we should celebrate the first the graduating class of the Women for STEM because mm-hmm. that will be 22, 23. That will be a great celebration, and you know maybe they'll come back and mentor. Who knows? We'll mm-hmm. need to. We'll, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make them. We're building a <laughs> we'll community, right? Them. So yeah, we are building a community. At a young university, we need we need to do that. Anyway, thank you again for being part of our Women for STEM Council. We appreciate it. We need women like you to, to help, so it's great.
0: Yeah, no, thank you for asking me to be a part of it. It's been a great way to give back. I've been volunteering with the university for 10 years, mainly, again, through the Faculty of Engineering. So be able to support a program like this that is more than just engineering. I mean, STEM is more than just the engineering. It's really about having opportunity uh, and looking at that potential. So when I look at this program, it's really about helping helping students um, achieve their potential to see what opportunities there are and really achieve that potential. But on the flip side, it's not just all purely for the students, for the mentors too, for the professionals. It's a way to give back. It's a way to learn from our students as well. I mean, mentoring is never really a one-way relationship um, to continue to grow and just be part of that. It's, it's exciting to know that you're part of
1: someone's journey and part of their part of their growth you know and to watch and to watch them after and four years seems like a long time it's not it's (laughs) it's it's so you get you get to you get to watch your student walk across the stage um quite quickly which is nice another thing that's good for the students the female students uh women in stem is that instead of just being stuck in their faculty and only meeting women in that faculty Mm -hmm. women for stem has introduced Um, the faculties, they know each other across faculty. So you'll have an engineering student that now, you know, has a social relationship with a student in the Faculty of Business and IT. And, you know, two ends of the university, yeah, they would have seen each other, but now they're they're friends and they know each other. So that's been another benefit for for the women for STEM students.
0: I think that actually also helps them for like post-university life too, because when you finish school, when you're in your first job, you're not necessarily bound by your own team, right? You know, you have to learn how to flex and work with others from different departments, different parts of the organization, and they may not have the same technical background or academic background that you do. So being able to flex, knowing how to build relationships, like that's really what it is, knowing how to build relationships and learn from each other is really important. So it's, I think it's great that we're building these skills now.
1: We are, and and the students, you said they're, they get much better. Uh, you'll recall the first student, remember on the first summit I dragged her up to I said you're gonna talk and she was like I can't I said you're gonna do it just write down what you want to say so I just mentored her right she wrote down what she wanted to say she went up there she did a fantastic job she was terrified I cannot keep her away from a camera now so that really (laughs) brought this confidence in her and she's always like I'll talk on the camera but it's great she's she didn't have that skill when she got there and she got mm-hmm. up there, she was encouraged to do it. She enjoyed it. Everybody mm-hmm. clapped and she, it just, it just brought something out in her she loves it now, which is <laughs> which is great, right? It's done, she'll be able to, whatever company she works for, she will be able to uh, go and speak on their behalf and be maybe their media person and do a great job at it. So, yeah. right, and here's one great thing she learned that had nothing to do with engineering.
0: <laughs> well, anyway. giving people, giving the students a safe place to learn and practice right? Because like, it's, it's always terrifying the first time, but the more you do it, it might not, it might not be perfect. It's never really perfect. Um, but the more you practice, the less scary it is. And then it becomes normal, right? So to be able to speak with confidence is, a, is an incredibly important skill. It is. Uh, before we sign off, any final words of wisdom? And do you have any podcast recommendations?
1: Final words of wisdom is find a young girl and encourage her to take a good, hard look at STEM programs because there's some fantastic careers out there. Non-STEM is just as great, but our focus for women in STEM is to try and get more women into STEM. So I would say that's my parting words, do that. Um, Go and take a look at our STEM program at the university at ontariotechu.ca. Help us any way you can. Um, Mentor, as we said, financially support, come to the summit. There's all kinds of things you can do. And I guess a podcast, um, I think podcasts should be about maybe you're winding down time. So for me, I like cooking and being creative. I like decorating and I like art and I like, I, I love cooking. Um, those would be my podcasts that I would watch. Um, or I'd watch this one of you and I, because it's been actually quite fun to do. Um, so maybe I'll get more into podcasts now. I probably should. So I think it should be a fun thing to do a podcast.
0: Thank you so much for being here, Sue. I really appreciate you being here and taking the time. I also appreciate the opportunity that Adaptivate has given me to highlight women for STEM, which is something that is very close to my heart. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the backlog and leave a review. You can find Adaptivate on social media, including LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Karen.